Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 320 of the Ortho Eval Pal podcast. I'm your host, Paul Marquis, and today we're going to be talking about different sources of lateral knee pain. We'll go over some of the common diagnoses that can cause lateral knee pain, discuss some of the signs and symptoms, and then we'll talk about sorting out and managing some of these diagnoses and a whole lot more. Um, but what we're going to do is we're going to um, jump right into this. And before we get started, though, I just want to throw out a little milestone that we just hit um and which is we just got to a hundred thousand subscribers on our youtube channel and um this has been a goal of mine for a long time i've been youtubing for a little over 11 years now and really i could not have gotten there without you folks okay and i want to say thank you for listening to the the podcast and for subscribing to the YouTube channel, looking at those videos and utilizing them um, with your patients and uh, whatnot. And I just really want to uh, thank you all for being there and for following OEP. I really appreciate that. Um, I, I do it because I enjoy it. I just really love um, spending time teaching and uh, going through some of these diagnoses with folks and making people more confident and comfortable. And um, for all those of you who I'm coaching, um, thanks for uh, instilling your trust in me uh, to help guide you through this um, this orthopedic evaluation um, process. So really appreciate uh, everything from everybody who's been there with us. All right. We're going to jump right in today. Now, we've got a lot to go over. We're going to be talking about the most common sources of lateral knee pain. So, I mean, where do we start here? Um, there is so much to do. I thought what we would do is is kind of go by landmark. Sometimes that's the easiest way to kind of envision this. You know, if you're in your car driving to work and you're listening to this podcast, it's not like watching a video of this. And and what I'll do is I'll add some videos of some of the diagnoses that I'm going to be talking about today. So be sure to, you know, go back, look into the show notes, and you will see those videos um, discussing uh, these particular uh, scenarios. So... Let's start with the fibula. We're going to we're on the lateral side of the leg. What I'd like you to do is just kind of imagine this. You are palpating the fibula. You start in the mid portion of it, okay? And you just work your way up toward the fibular head. Now, as you get to that fibular head, you need to remember there are several structures that surround this area, okay? You have your common perineal nerve, which just comes right around that proximal fibular neck. Um, and if you have some issues there, um, you know, you'll get this paresthesia down to the leg. You might get a little foot drop. You might have some localized pain around where that nerve is. Um, so that is something to take into consideration. If you are palpating the proximal fibula and there is direct pain or you do kind of like a, a fibular tibial squeeze test in the middle of the fibula and the proximal fibula is painful, you need to be somewhat concerned with a fracture, especially if there's been some sort of a trauma to the area. So a proximal fibular fracture can happen. You can see it with uh, a direct uh, you know, blow to the area, such as a, a football helmet or maybe a kick to the lateral side of the knee. 
Or we've even seen people fracture the proximal fibula with an ankle sprain, okay, because they get that spiraling of that fibula and it can pro it can fracture proximally. And I have seen this. Um, I've also seen a proximal fibula fracture, and I'm going to add this video because it is a gentleman who broke his uh, proximal fibula, and I in that video show you what stresses the area and what makes us think that he has a fibular fracture, okay? So something to focus on there. Now, what else attaches to the fibula? Well, we have our lateral collateral ligament, all right? So you need to take that into consideration when you are doing some stress testing to the knee. If you do a varus stress test and the knee is in about 20 to 30 degrees of flexion and they are having pain distally near that proximal fibula, you need to be somewhat suspicious that either you're pulling on the fibula and stressing the fracture or there could be a sprain to the LCL. And so what you then want to do is you then want to palpate the LCL and put them into that kind of figure four position where you take the ankle, put it on the opposite knee, and then it, it stresses the LCL. You can actually palpate that LCL really well. And then you can follow it to see if there is tenderness to it. So a couple of things you want to do when you're doing your various stress test at about 20 to 30 degrees of knee flexion is, is there pain with that? Okay. Is it in the fibula or is it in the LCL? And is there any instability compared to the other side at the same degree of, of knee flexion? And so that is how you kind of, you know, sort out if this is an LCL or a fibular issue. The other tissue that attaches to your fibula would be your lateral hamstrings, your biceps femoris. All right. And so if you're palpating around that superior lateral posterior aspect of the fibula and they're tender then follow that biceps femoris now remember use your selective tissue tension testing skills here um, by contracting that hamstring to see if that causes a reproduction of pain palpate the tendon to see if there is a tendinous issue there is there soft tissue damage to the tendon is it just tendonitis has there been a tear there? Um, and and identify it that way, okay? When you do your various stress tests of the knee, that's not going to affect your biceps femoris because the knee is flexed and the femoris is shortened, right? So it's not a factor there. Um, but if you stretch it or you contract it and it hurts, you need to be more suspicious of a, um, a hamstring tendonitis, tendinosis type of issue, all right? Now, very close to that, you have some fibers that come off of your biceps femoris that attach to the lateral meniscus. So you want to try to tease out, is this a meniscal issue or not? Now, how do we do that? Well, you can do your meniscus test, like your McMurray's test. Palpation is a great indicator of a meniscus tear. Um, is there fullness in the joint line, like the complete joint line from anterior to posterior? And is there an effusion in the knee? So you need to remember that your proximal fibula is extra articular, your uh, lateral collateral is extra articular. So if there is a positive effusion, you need to be thinking intra articular now. So is there a positive brush test? Okay, is there lateral joint line tenderness? Do they have pain at the end range of flexion or extension passively? Anterior horn versus posterior horn. So if they have pain at the end range of 
knee extension, hyperextension, that's more anterior horn. If you hyperflex them and that causes discomfort in the lateral posterior aspect of the joint line, that's more likely to be a um, posterior meniscal horn type of issue. So those are little tidbits of information on how you can differentiate between a proximal fibular fracture, a lateral collateral ligament problem, uh, biceps femoris issue, and a lateral meniscus tear. Now, if we migrate a little more superior to that and people are having lateral knee pain and we're suspicious of an iliotibial band, um, I think what we need to do here is find some landmarks. So you go anterior to that fibular head along the tibial plateau in that posterolateral, um, lateral more tibial plateau regions where you're going to find the Gerdes tubercle. And from there, that's where your IT band has an attachment. But you need to remember the IT band spans that whole lateral knee region all the way up to the lateral patella and that lateral patella retinaculum region. So an IT band that is really tight can cause a little bit of lateral patellar tracking. Um, you, If it is rubbing too hard over the lateral femoral condyle, you can identify that with a Nobles test. I'll put a video into the, uh, the links on that so you can see what that test looks like. Um, but usually, the key here is to be able to identify the difference between the lateral joint line and the lateral femoral condylar ridge where that IT band rubs over it, okay? And so if you can find that, they have a positive noble test, um, then you're looking more at an IT band friction type of, you know, inflammatory process there going on. Um, from there, I might go a little bit more anterior and start to investigate the lateral patellar region, all right, I might take that patella and mobilize it immediately, see how tight that lateral retinacular structure is um, to see if there's an excessive amount of tightness there. If people have difficulty, especially your, your teenagers um, who are, you know, kind of pushing sports, maybe they have a lot of genuvalgus, you're going to start to want to consider some sort of patellofemoral dysfunction. And something we see oftentimes is this lateral patellofemoral pain because when you have patellofemoral dysfunction or any intraarticular knee pain or knee pain in general, your, your quad's going to start to shut down. Your VMO shuts down the quickest and most aggressively. And therefore, you end up with mostly lateral tracking or an excessive lateral tracking. And a lot of these folks will develop a lateral patella compression syndrome where there will be specific point tenderness to that lateral patellofemoral joint. Sometimes you'll see the, the, the lateral facets um, can even develop a chondral lesion there and cause discomfort, um, which can be very difficult to treat. And, um, you know, one way you can identify if it is a lateral patella compression type syndrome is use leukotape and tape that patella medially, pull it medially a little bit, um, or have them contract their quad, have them do like a, a short arc quad or a long arc quad uh, and see what their pain is like. And then take your fingers, your thumbs, and move that patella medially and have them do the same activity. If they have relief from that, that's a pretty good sign they have some sort of a lateral patella compression type of problem. And so that can be somewhat diagnostic. And uh, then you treat accordingly. All right. Um, I've done podcasts on pretty much all these different diagnoses and how to manage them. But today is really more of, of you know, 
if you see somebody with lateral knee pain, where can this be coming from? And so I think I gave you some some general idea. And again, you know, I always talk about this. Think outside the box. If you're palpating these structures, they're not painful. If there's not a lot of swelling there, not a lot of localized inflammation, but they're having this generalized lateral knee pain, you need to be thinking, is there something that could be radiating or referring to this area. So don't forget to rule out the lumbar spine. An L5 can cause some lateral knee pain, some aching. Um, simply do a straight leg raise test. Do a braggarts test, dorsiflex them. And if that increases that lateral knee pain, that aching, um, you know, then start to check out everything else, you know, go into the sensory testing, check out that extensor hallucis longus, which is, uh, you know, controlled by L5 and see if there's any weakness there. Those are, you know, step-by-step -step ways of kind of ruling this out. Um, but again, always start by asking your patient to put a finger on where it hurts the most, okay? If you can do that, you can already start by localizing that area because there is a lot going on on this lateral knee. And if there are some biomechanical issues, like <clears throat> maybe they have a lot of varus, or even if it's somebody who has, you know, a considerable amount of valgus, we don't see osteoarthritis aggressively nailing the lateral joint line very often, but people who have um, had valgus all their lives will overcompress that lateral side and they can develop some osteoarthritis in that joint line and that can be an indicator um, along with swelling and uh, pain and loss of motion in all positions. So something to think about there. I hope you enjoyed today's show. I hope that we could bring this lateral knee into perspective a little bit, give you some different ideas of different diagnoses that can occur in the lateral knee. And also be sure to check out the links. I'll have three videos there for you to uh, help identify different lateral knee uh, issues. So hope you enjoyed today's show. Um, please be sure to tell your friends, colleagues about us um, and uh, jump over to our YouTube channel. Check out our 520 plus videos on different diagnoses if you want to diagnose and um, you just don't know how to look for it, just put my name with the diagnosis in there and uh, it'll pretty much drop you into that video. Um, folks, thank you so much for um, listening to OEP. Again, be kind to each other and take care. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.